I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, so I learned a valuable lesson today. When you're grilling. Like, you're when, using... like yesterday when you were grilling Dwayne Wade? Oh. Let's go. All right, full disclosure, I listened to that back, and I was like, ah, man, I don't know. I was just a little too angry about that. I no. wasn't too proud of that no, rant. The Raccoon Squad loved it. And there was a lot of people that tweeted at me. It was like, yeah, yeah. So The uh, Raccoon Squad was all for it. Like if Okay, so I, I just watched Game of Thrones. And you know how when when uh, Theon gives that huge speech when he's at Winterfell? Yeah, he gives this huge speech. And they all get excited for it. And then they knock him out. And, and <laughs> they knock him out. And they're like, they're like, man, it was a good speech. I didn't want to interrupt him. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> in the middle. That's kind of how I felt. It was a good. It was a really good speech. You just, I just didn't want to interrupt it right in the middle. And then you uh, knocked me out. Then. <laughs> uh, anyway, but everybody so, was with you. Like everybody was behind you. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did feel that today. Um, so I learned this valuable lesson today. I was uh, at my other job. I, I was grilling out for a big group of people, and I grilled eighty burgers today for lunch. Oh, dang. But so I normally grill with charcoal. I I just love grilling with charcoal. And today I grilled with propane tanks and I'm just not very experienced with using a propane tank. Turning propane tanks on, uh, I tried to ignite the grill and it doesn't it doesn't come on. So at that point I just walk inside and I ask this guy inside, you know, what what should I do? What's going on? Well, valuable lesson, guys. If you have not used a propane tank grill, do not leave the propane tank on while you go talk to somebody inside <laughs> because yes. it fills the pipes. So yeah. uh, I come back, I turn the, the burners up to like a medium, like almost medium high level. I hit the ignite switch and the biggest fireball co- flame comes out of the grill and my life literally flashed before my eyes. I thought it was all done. I was going to miss Dirk's last few games, possibly. I wasn't going to get to see what Luca was going to turn into. Like everything, all of my <laughs> Mavs dreams uh, <laughs> flashed before wait, my eyes. Wait. Of the things that you could have thought of with your life flashing before your eyes, where did you didn't know what Luca was going to turn out? Rank. I mean, it was a that little was bit one of down the first the things you thought. <laughs> a little bit down the list, but I, I, so yeah, I, I stumbled Son, back. I almost, I, I almost fell down and I raised my, just out of natural reaction. I raised my arm up in front of my face. Well, it like fried all of my arm hair on, on, that, on my forearm. <laughs> and I had this like burn, like red mark on my hand. It was literally the guy just started dying laughing. He came out there and checked on me. and was like, that's literally the biggest fireball I've ever seen come out of a grill. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so anyway, I almost died today, and I, I just, yeah, it rocked me for a while. But never leave propane tanks on. Isaac, I, as soon as you turn them on, you just need to get it going then. Don't let the, the pipes fill up with propane. Isaac, the unburnt. <laughs> I did not walk out of, out of a burning building uh, holding dragon eggs. Twice. 
All right. Uh, Sammy, on the show today, your free advice. <laughs> we've been we've been talking about Mark Stein talking to Dirk for what four days? It feels like <laughs> an entire week. Um, yeah, that was before a, some washed up wannabe athlete down in Miami had to say something about on Sports Illustrated. And before we had that fun Minnesota game. Yeah, yeah, and Koji got to keep playing in his career. So we're gonna get to that Dirk and Mark Stein one on one. There's some interesting stuff in there. But before we get to that, is Giannis the MVP right now, or is he just? Is, did he win the MVP tonight? I, Last so I, I didn't. Nick got to watch the end of this game. I, I didn't, and but I saw his stat line. I just seen a few different plays, and I wonder if this is his MVP performance. Giannis, and, forty-five points, thirteen rebounds, six assists, five blocks, no turnovers. Yeah, yeah. I I think this would be under the one minutes. Uh, that would um, under thirty-five minutes. That could push him over the top because uh, James Harden's been gaining edge on him. And now let me just say this, and this might make some Mavs fans mad. I think James Harden has a really, really legit case. And I'll say if Houston moves into the two spot and Harden finishes averaging 35, 36, whatever it's crazy enough, he's going to hit some crazy milestones He's probably going to score over 2,000 points of the season. I think it's 2,000. Was it 2,000 or 3,000? I can't remember. It's a lot. Um, which there's only a certain amount of players that's hit that. And considering where they started and that he had to play that hero ball, and if they if they come all the way back and finish as the two seed, that's he's going to have a really, really, really strong case. And I have been all 100% Giannis for the past like a few months, but... I think James Harden has a really strong case if they finish two. But I still lean at Giannis at the moment. Yeah, the Rockets are a game and a half behind the Nuggets right now. Um, Which still, them finishing so three close. is ins- insane. But I think them if they finish second, that it's wild considering where... The, there was a brief time at the beginning of the season that some people were joking, is Houston like going to make the playoffs? Yeah. Are they a lottery team? Remember they were like, like 11 and 14? Yes. <laughs> And you know he he's just he he's put some insane stuff up and he drives me nuts. He's annoying to watch sometimes, but uh, yeah, it, it it's crazy. But this could be Giannis's MVP performance. By the way, James Harden's this season he has scored two thousand seven hundred twenty three points. Okay, so it's it's three thousand. If he hits the three thousand mark, it's insane. Man, Which, I just I don't know how oh. you do. That. He's about to hit a thousand threes attempted in a season. <laughs> He's six. He's six away from a thousand threes attempted. That's absolutely insane. That's wild. I, I've been. So, a, I've been. A, I've been full on Giannis the entire the entire season. I just think that what he does, his percentages, how dominant he is. You know, you just you can't. I mean, they're both unguardable, but just for the complete opposite ways. It's so crazy how how different they are. Yeah, and what their injuries i think we mentioned it on the on the pod a while back yeah. their injuries that they that just uh, that just happened a while back with Brogdon and Miritich i think it helped the it, we said at the time if Milwaukee finishes in the fir- as the top seed in the eastern conference with the best record i think that would help help his case and bud's case even more and what helped him a lot was Kawhi sitting out a lot of games too yes Kawhi yes. Kawhi's played what like 58 games this season Kawhi's uh, doing fixing up his house in LA right now, waiting to be a Clipper. Man, dude, if he does, just like chills with the Bucks. They do. They they're literally waiting on him, hand and foot. Just you know, sitting on the, anything, anything he needs. They're they're bringing it to him. Yeah, and then he's just but gonna, the Buc- yeah, he's just gonna split. 
So the other team in this game tonight, Philadelphia, when we did our trade Zion type thing on this podcast of if they if the Mavs got the top pick in the draft and we talked, hey, what players around the league would you trade that top pick for? And we were both were saying, hey, I think Giannis and we threw out some other names. Not saying Philly would do it, but if those players were offered straight up, one of those players was Joel Embiid. And we talked about on the pod. We got some tw- Twitter feedback from him. Like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. I put it as a poll. And it was pretty divisive. Like, there were a lot of people quote tweeting it saying, this is nuts. Why would you do that? Are you still in the same boat? I, AKA, I can't remember what boat you were in. I know what boat I was in. If Dallas lands the top pick in the draft and Philly called and said, we'll trade you in beat straight up for Zion Williamson, would you do it? Man, I think I, I, think I would. Well, what do you think about Embiid and Porzingis? I think they could work. That's just Porzingis a, would be your four, Embiid your five. Yeah, there's just so many players that you couldn't guard at that point, though. Very true. I mean, I, I say no. I, I would take Zion, and I say that. I mean, I know Embiid's 24. He's putting up. I mean, he should be. I think he should be like fourth or fifth in MVP rankings uh, or, or the MVP 27, vote. 13. Three and a half assists, almost two blocks. Crazy, <laughs> insane. Um, it's just his injury stuff. That that's the thing that scares me the most. Yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna finish under sixty-five games this season. He had he played sixty-three last season, thirty-one his rookie year, obviously, and then he missed the two the, his first two seasons in the league. Like if I told you, if I told you when Joel Embiid is twenty-eight years old, he's on a severe minute restriction and like injuries or is plaguing his career every single year, like 50 games. Would you be shocked? Like, would you be surprised? Like I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. No, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. And then, and then you're taking a risk on two big men at that point. <laughs> you know, you're taking yeah. two injury prone, big men in, in Embiid and Porzingis. So I think I, w- I, I love Embiid so much though, just as a person like him and, and Luca being friends would just be the greatest thing. Oh gosh. They would just roast each other on 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 Instagram and roast other people, and it would be great. Ninety nine out of a hundred times, I would do it, and I think there are still people on this that are listening saying that's so stupid. Embiid's the proven like thing, and I totally get that argument. Like Joel Embiid is is a proven uh, player, but I think Zion is that special, and Zion's fit with KP and Luca uh, would be absolutely perfect, incredible, absolutely perfect, incredible. Absolutely. If we have time at the end, let's do another one of those tankathon simulations, but I don't know if we will. Oh, yeah. We haven't did that in a while. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Mark Stein, Dirk Nowitzki, one-on-one, explaining what the 41-21 won. Finally, we get the answer we've been waiting for. All right, Isaac. So, Mark Stein sat down with Dirk. Do you think they sat down? Do you think they're on the phone? Where do you think that these things happen between Mark Stein and Dirk? Because he's had several this season and he said he has a couple more set up no i think they sit down they're pretty tight they yeah. sit they sit down you think they're at like a starbucks or something um it, it could be it could be outside the arena but there yeah there's plenty of times in which stein he, he had i don't know he just work. he's different he's in a different class than a lot of different reporters so he's going in uh different rooms and stuff and hanging around longer than other people and stuff. So he's, he's a legend. So they're, they're pretty tight. 
All right, so so Mark Stein explains the digits in the Mavericks marketing campaign, the 41 We, we knew this. Though, 21 right? 1. Those digits are meant to commemorate Dirk Nowitzki's record 21 seasons with only one franchise wearing his familiar number 41 jersey. I think the one people were were con, con, were confused by the one thinking maybe it's one more season oh. or one team or one title or one MVP or something with the one. What could the one be? But uh, yeah, it's one one franchise, which you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. The, the it's thing- cool. I, I when I first like when I yeah when I first saw it and it was explained to me right when they put it out, I was like, oh okay, cool. When when the countdowns came out, uh, yeah, I didn't have an explanation for those. But yeah, the countdown, no one has an explanation for, and they just took them down because I don't know, nothing happened. I don't know. Very weird. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? Okay, so Mark Stein talks to Dirk, and he asks the question: Your statistics for the season are going to look out of place compared with the numbers that you've been at for the bulk of your career. Do you look at the numbers? Dirk said no. This year is kind of beyond stats. December and January were just so bad. I didn't have my legs or my wind, so obviously it was hard to get a shooting rhythm going. Coming off the bench was new too, but like I said, I'm glad I turned the corner a little bit the last few weeks, and I'm having fun competing with my teammates again. I just like that that idea that this year is kind of beyond stats. That's something that we've been preaching this entire season, that whatever he gives is icing on the, you know, on the cake or on the top. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's how you, you just... I love that he's kind of viewing it the same way. That's what we've preached on this pod a thousand times of don't try to criticize or dig really deep into his numbers or efficiency or percentage or anything this year. Just view it as the extra topping on top of the cake and like, Hey, it's extra. Yep. With his stats, uh, the all-star, he talks about the all-star game. I said before that the all-star game was for players who, Oh, he's just asked about what he thought the all-star game. This is Dirk. I said before that the All-Star game is for players who really deserve to be there and carry their teams and franchises. So I went there with the mindset that I don't really want to play that much. I didn't want to take minutes away from somebody deserving. I just thought that if I would go there and make at least one three, that'll be awesome. But obviously, Coach Budenholzer subbed me in, and and the first look was kind of deep. And I shot it, and it went in, and the second one was even deeper. And I thought, why not? This will be your last time on this stage. You gotta love that. I mean, it's just it embodies Dirk. The oh, I mean, the idea of moment. not wanting to go because you didn't want to take away from other people that were more deserving and take a spot, and that's you know, it's huge. Meanwhile, Wade's like, "Hey, can I start? Uh, can I hand out my world tour shirts to everybody? I'd like to play all the fourth quarter, uh, so I can fall down and get back up again eight times." The moment when Dirk hit both of those three pointers. I mean, the highlight of All-Star Weekend for all of us. I mean, it, that and I feel like it could have been for all of NBA people. I mean, we had I had different friends that was texting me, just general NBA fans, like, oh, my gosh, this moment's insane. This is so cool seeing Dirk hit these two threes. And, uh, you know, it had to be special for him. And I thought it was cool how he was, like, in the second half, him and Bud were like, uh, yeah, I, I just won't come back in. And, <laughs> you know, he couldn't did, do any better than what he did. He couldn't, and it's just such a great moment. And uh, what do you think about the idea of it'll the last time he'll be on that stage? I guess that stage is the the All Star game, but do you think that's the last like big stage he'll be on? I guess his last game will be huge. I, don't, I guess uh, it'll, it'll yeah, but it won't be, be tele- that stage. It won't be televised televised that the, big. But 
there's a difference when you have that that stage of I mean you're with all the best players in the entire world on the same floor all the NBA eyes are all watching that game and all NBA fans are watching that game and so yeah that stage is is the magnified I mean that's even a different type of stage of like a playoffs you know or something like that obviously the finals would be you know the biggest stage of all but yeah, he'll never be on that all-star stage again as a player, probably. Um, but you never know. A lot of these- Unless he comes back and then it's him and Vince next year. Hey, I've said all along that they should have a Legends three-point shootout. So, have these retired player Reggie Miller. We saw Kenny Smith. Remember when Kenny, they showed that thing, Kenny Smith and them shooting at the TNT studios and stuff? Kenny Smith, when Dirk's retired, like, get these guys. I mean, that, I would love to watch that. <laughs> I would prefer that over the skills competition with current players. Yeah, skills is meh. No, that's trash. Get out of here. Except for who hit the half court shot? Was it Tatum? Yeah, he. Yeah, that was. Fun. I mean, Luca missing half court shots was more fun than everything else. <laughs> uh, Mark Stein said, "I think you know by now that when I pull you aside for one of these visits, and I'm going to ask about Luka Doncic. All of us media types thought coming into the season that you were going to take him under your wing and mentor your fellow European. That didn't really happen." But you guys did become quite the comedy duo off the floor. What kind of relationship have you built with the likely rookie of the year? Dirk says, he's just such a confident young man. There's not, which by the way, how how old does he sound saying he's such a confident young man? <laughs> he's, yes. def- he's definitely 40. He's such a confident young man. that There's not much you can really tell him. He's got the experience. He's got the confidence and crunch time already. All that I had to work for. And he got the ability to, he, he's got the ability to forget Anything that just happened five seconds ago, ten seconds ago, and make another big play. That usually develops a lot later than 19 or 20. But off the floor, man, he is a kid. He's never serious off the floor, and on, and obviously I'm not either. He loves to have fun. We joke about everything and anything at all times. He's just a funny dude. We enjoy our time together. I guess he took me under his wing. Oh. Wow. We kind of alluded this on yesterday's podcast, but the differences between both of them coming into the league, it's, it's completely different of just their backgrounds and everything. And just culture that Luca was in overseas and him coming here and him knowing everything about that. And Luca is a very confident person. I mean, some people throw out the word cocky sometimes and I, I don't go that far. I think he's confident. He's confident who he is. I mean, he's one at the biggest stages uh, overseas and outside the NBA, won MVP, like won the championship, and he's played in the craziest of environments over there, uh, overseas and stuff. So like he he's confident in his game. He's super young. We've never seen a more polished nineteen year old come into the NBA, and I, I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that. Not saying I'm not, I'm not saying as uh as talented. I think you you see some of the like. Kobe and LeBron, some of these guys back in the day coming out of high school, they just had that like, pure talent, athleticism and stuff. Luca has that. As far as like polished, like professional, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane how he is uh, at 19. And him coming over here, it's not what, you know, people kind of viewed it as this is, this was young Dirk coming over here. He needs all this guidance. He needs this mentor to, you know, just teach him what a professional athlete looks like. He's been playing with men overseas. Like he's, it's different than the NBA. I get that. But it, yeah, he, he didn't really need that. 
and, and but he he obviously still needs like veterans around him and stuff, but it's just different, and it's different than what Dirk was when he came over. Yeah, it's very different, and the idea of of Luca not going under Dirk's wing is kind of disappointing to some Mavs fans. You know, like I can imagine people reading that and say, "Oh, dang, well, he's just coming in as this cocky kid and you know, he's con- like Dirk says he's confident, but he's probably sugarcoating it a little bit and you know, he's probably just cocky and you know, I really hope that eventually he you know, has to work for it and you know, when when Dirk says I had to work for all of that, the confidence and crunch time, the experience, all that, blah blah blah. I can imagine some people feeling like that. But for sure, but Luca has already worked for things. <laughs> Luca was 13 years old and was away from his family, you know, working towards this goal of being a professional, or he was a professional then, and working towards this goal of just being better, winning championships, winning at the highest level, and now coming to the NBA and doing it over here. He's already he's already put that work behind him. He was just he was able to jumpstart it because their systems over overseas are probably better they're at least better for streamlining athletes to go pro yeah if you if you had to write the storybook first season for luca and for mavs fans you would have this chapter of the dirk mentorship and you'd have these pictures of dirk's arm around him and he's pointing and teaching and like all this different stuff and i do it's like you just said i could see where fans are like man i, I wish that that happened i wish luca would be welcome to that here's why i'm not at like i'm not like worried about that or i'm or think any different of luca we have seen so many times from quotes and from actions on the court and his attitude towards towards dirk and all the things he said about him as far as high praise and playing with a legend like him, different things on the court of just being so excited for him and getting the ball to Dirk and using the same celebrations with the, you know, the, the Dirk three, the three like, yeah. yeah. And like, you can tell the admiration is there. You could tell the respect is there. Like that stuff is, is present. And Dirk, I don't think Dirk is going to, yeah, it, it's, there is respect. Don't view don't view those comments as Luca doesn't respect Dirk because that's the farthest thing from what I understand. I don't know these guys personally like that, but from what I understand, it, it yeah, it, it's different. It's not like we would probably write it and what we had hoped for for our stories in our our storybook. But uh, there's still a ton of respect there. Yeah, and if you if you look at Luca's journey as a storybook, I feel like the a lot of people think the Mavs is like chapter one, you know, whereas. With Luca and his story, the maps are probably like chapter twenty-five, <laughs> or for like chapter ten, and and I mean we don't even know the full story because we weren't there, we weren't watching European basketball, we weren't following him since he was thirteen. You know, like like even I don't know a lot of that stuff, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, some of our listeners over in Slovenia, even probably know a lot more than I do about you know his journey and how he came up. But this is just you know the next chapter for him. <laughs> he has he's laid all this groundwork, whereas Dirk Dirk had some of that, but he came over and he was. You know, like he said, he had to work for all of that. And maybe Dirk's start in the NBA is like chapter three, you know, or chapter two in his story. If yeah. you wanted to, to make that analogy with it. And, and Luca has his own Dirk in Dragic. And, you know, Dragic isn't as old as yeah. Dirk, but, but he's 32. I mean, that's 12 years older than Luca. 
and he's been playing with him on this national team stage with Sylvania, and that's been his guy. That's been his like bigger brother. It's been how many, how much, how much time has Dragic poured into Luca uh, on a personal level, on basketball level, and you see how much he respects him, looks up to him and stuff. So he's he's had these, he's had the opportunity to have these other guys, and if especially if he knows that. Dirk, this could be Dirk's last season and Dirk could be moving on. You know, he has these other, you know, mentor roles, more models in his life. Not saying that Dirk isn't that, but yeah, just don't try to read into those comments and think that Luca is not respectful or something like Completely that. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's do a tankathon simulation. All right, Isaac, I did a simulation while you were talking because. I was still listening, but you know, I you never listen to when I talk. It's I so listen back on the pod later and, and enjoy Fiery Isaac from there. You know who you know who listens to me all the time? My dog. Your dog does? Yeah, today's my uh, my dog's two year two year anniversary two year birthday. Really? Do you celebrate your dog's birthday? Is yeah, it weird I, if people celebrate your dog celebrate a dog's birthday? Uh, we won't, we, we don't really celebrate it, but like, I'll get him a treat or something. Okay. Like we'll get him a bone or something. His Lakers two year anniversary is in May. Birthday, birthday. Oh, dang it. Uh, I got you. You We bought bought our dog a happy birthday bone, this massive icing bone and everything. And uh, yeah, we, I'm a huge dog person. So (laughs) people can make fun of me all day long for that. I don't care. And yes, my dog's name is Laker. It was my wife's (laughs) idea actually. Uh, I'll take Laker over Flash or anything like that. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so I ran a simulation while you were talking. Okay. Okay, and I'm just going to go, and the Dallas did keep their pick. Oh! And so we're just going to go pick by pick, and we're just going to say what these teams are feeling, thinking, where they would be leaning. Number one, the Chicago right. Bulls. Oh, my gosh. This is one team I feel like could really screw it up and take jaw. <laughs> You know, like them and Phoenix, oh, I feel like Garpex. could just really screw it up. <laughs> Take the wrong guy because they they do they both really need point guards. But if you're if you're Phoenix or Chicago, do you call like number two, or number three, and say what what would you give for Zion? Gosh, because you could walk away with like a ton and job. an insane amount. What could you even give to be worth Zion? Okay, so like, okay. so the second the second team in this in this simulation is a bad example of this, but the second team is New Orleans. Oh my gosh! So would New would New Orleans just give Anthony Davis to the Bulls? <laughs> Why would you even do that? I don't know. No, I mean, oh Anthony Davis from Chicago, right? It's AD's hometown, all that stuff. But you're not going to convince him to sign there with Zach Levine. Um, no, whoever's yeah, whoever's one, you're taking Zion, and you're just you're just done with it at that point. I think we're um, so you have Zion, you have Levine, you have Markkinen, you have Wendell Carter, Chris Dunn, I guess still. I don't care about any other piece. You take Zion, then you figure out the other crap. Well, um, Lori Markkinen. Yeah, you'd put Zion at the five and Markkinen at the four. Wow, weird. They would, that would be super weird and trade window. No, you just play him off the bench. He's not. Yeah, I try to trade him for a point, but uh, New Orleans at two. R.J. Barrett, John Morant. I would assume they'd take R.J. Barrett. 
Really? Over over Morant? I think they would take Ja. You take Ja, put him with Drew Holiday. That'd be fun. I think the the, the RJ hate has gone too far. Not hate. It's just that Ja was so good. Ja is really good, but they've needed a wing for so dang long. Now, if they think they can get Jason Tatum, then yeah, you take Ja Morant, and then you roll with Ja Morant and Jason Tatum. Well, and you you think about the packages that have been offered to them as Jason Tatum or you know Brandon Ingram and them. I can't think. Of, I mean, what other packages are out there for Anthony Davis? Uh, some team will sweep in something crazy with something something random. It'll be like the like the Rap- CJ McCollum. It'll or be like, like yeah, it'll be like what the Raptors did with Kawhi. We're like, oh my gosh, the Raptors. <laughs> yes, DeRozan and if Portland gets put out in the first round. And they traded C.J. McCollum straight up, and something else. Zach Collins for AD. It would not shock me. It would it's shock. Like, well, it would shock me because that's. I don't know what you could pair with C.J. McCollum to make it work. I don't know. It's not enough. Um. Okay. What? Which of these lottery? Okay. Well. Anyway. Okay. If we say who's the third team? Dallas. <laughs> oh. That's tough. So you mean, this is, so this is trade territory for sure. Yes. One, you take Zion. If you land at two, well, one, I think if you don't land at one and you keep your pick, two through four, you try to trade the pick. But if you land at two or three, I think you can get a decent package because people still love R.J. Barrett. Yeah. People think he can be a good scorer and player at the next level. People love John Morant. So I think you can get good deals at two or three. If you land at four, good luck, bro. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to give you a ton to move up to four, uh, but... So in this scenario, I mean, I'm gonna stay true to my big board here. I'm not, I'm not, but I'm gonna to move DeAndre Hunter down just a tad, and I'm gonna go with Jarrett Culver. Yeah, yeah, the Texas Tech guy, bringing him in. How much would that piss Mavs fans off if they took Jarrett Culver over John ja Morant or R.J. Barrett? It would, it would piss some of them off, especially yes. if it was over Morant. And I don't even know if. Oh, bro, I like Morant as a talent. I just you can't. I can't do that with. And okay, I get it. I've got this tweeted at me before. I say at this level, when you're a lottery team, you have to just take the best talent. No, you don't, because we've talked about this on the spot. This is the this is the first draft now that if you're Dallas, you're looking for a fit. You have your two stars in Luca and Porzingis. Like you don't take the best unless you say I'm going to take the best talent available and then I'm going to try to flip that talent later on, like yeah. later on this year or something. That's the only thing. But you want play like you want to win now, so you got to pick somebody that can that can fit or play now. That's why I love DeAndre DeAndre Hunter. Like I would be all about him. It would be an interesting podcast or a piece or something to look back at all the teams that were in the Mavs position like this that had two established guys already and that we're picking this high if they end up if they do end up picking this high and see what they did and what what happened i can't even really think of any off the top of my head no i mean if you if you just go back to last year's draft the the sixers with Embiid and simmons when they picked Fultz. yeah that's one where they're already kind of in that spot the celtics i guess were kind of already like that but you take the best player. I mean, they took the best player available at that point. Yeah, it, it helped that it was kind of a need, and he he theoretically fit with what they were going to do because he he in college was a really good shooter. Yeah, Markel Fultz was clearing away everybody's top pick for the for the draft. Yeah. So, 
They, but I mean, not, everybody at, wasn't super excited about it, but he was the number one guy. Yeah, I mean, looking at um, looking at last year, look at look at Memphis for. I know they traded Marc Gasol now, but they had Mike Conley, Marc Gasol. They didn't take Trey Young. They have Mike Conley. You know, they didn't take, um, you know, I guess they could have took Bob. They took Jaron Jackson, and they, they obviously, they knew a rebuild and stuff was coming. That's not the perfect example of that, but we'd have to go back and look at drafts of where. Yeah, yeah. It would take some research for sure. Dallas is at and stuff. Okay, my question to you is, back to what we were saying a while ago, what of these teams in the top, you know, of these top six or seven teams, if they didn't land at the top spot, what could they realistically give up to move to one? And do they have anything? So number four is Miami. No, dear. No. They moved way far up. Uh, New York is it, Miami at four. What do they? I don't even know what they do. They just take no. whoever's there. New York at five. Phoenix at He's six. Tra- Everybody had to move down because all these teams moved up. Yeah, I mean, if New York's at five, then I mean, at this point, I mean, these are all the good, good role players. I love Brandon Clark. I, you know, I've praised him enough. And if they took him at four over Hunter, if they took, well, I've said that before. If they took Brandon Clark over R.J. Barrett, I'd be happy. If I was the Mavs, that'd be crazy. But you wouldn't do it. No, I just said that would be crazy. It would be crazy, but I'd be all about it. Um. Like that's the thing. Like I don't think Atlanta has anything to move up for Zion. Like they're not they're not trading Trey and or John because Collins. you would. But even if they included John Collins in number five or John Collins in four to move up to one, that ain't enough to get Zion in my opinion. Sorry, sorry, John Collins. Yeah. Um. Does Memphis have enough? I mean, I guess they put Jaron Jackson on the table, but. I mean, Jaron Jackson's a heck of a player. I mean, also Memphis I, lost their pick in this scenario. They're at nine. Okay. Um, does Cleveland have anything to move up? No. I mean, we like Colin Sexton, but it's not enough to move up to one. I think Chicago. Okay, if what if Phoenix completely reversed roles and said traded we'll Aiden? You, we'll give you Aiden and like three. You're like in your scenario, they have like six. But what if they landed at like three? And they called up, you know, it's Chicago at one, and they say we'll get. Well, it's, that don't make sense because what if it's New Orleans at one? Yeah, yeah, we'll give you Aiton and a third pick if you give us Zion to pair with Booker. So you could come away with this in this draft with Aiton and Morant or Aiton and Barrett. Either way, yeah. Pelicans. Oh. <laughs> would you do that if you if you're the Pelicans? Would you rather have Zion or would you rather have Aiton and? RJ and they're going to get whatever they're going to get for Anthony Davis. I mean, that's a that's a rebuild that, right there. That's how you rebuild right there. Um, if they get the number one pick, should... that would be what are their odds? Their odds to get number one are five percent. If they get that, <laughs> your rebuild is just. I mean, you have those are the two biggest assets maybe in the NBA right now, in, in Anthony Davis and the Zion pick. I'd be pissed they got one. I'd be pissed if Cleveland got one too. But it's yeah. like, come on. I ran one. Fun. The I ran a simulation the other day. And Cleveland got number one, and I was like, oh, this is just going to be so sad. I think Chicago would be interesting. I will say that. Because I think if Chicago landed two through four. Just that front office and, doesn't deserve anything good happening to them. No, no, no. I'm saying if they landed two <laughs> through four and they called up they called up Phoenix at one and said, we'll give you Markkinen and the number thir- three pick to move up for Zion at one. 
<clears throat> I like Markinen a lot. Him on Phoenix would be fun too. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But. All right, there you go. That's the simulation. That's the podcast today. That's the week. We are we'll be back on That's Monday. It's the Friday show. Enjoy your Friday, whatever you guys are doing. There's a game tonight. Oh yeah. Against against the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, so if it's interesting, then we might do a podcast, but if it's interesting, uh, like we said before, these next <laughs> these uh, these remaining four games are going to get wild, especially these next two games, because uh, tonight in Dallas, uh, Dirk's second to last home game, potentially uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies, who are, who is rolling out a current starting lineup that I would say the majority of people that listen to this podcast would have no clue who they are, <laughs> and uh, it could get interesting. And like we said before. Don't be shocked if Dallas goes on a winning streak over the next few games. Ooh. Just move all the way down to ten. Just get everybody upset. They go three they go three and over the next three games. <gasps> Devin hey, Devin Booker's out for the year now too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but his points don't mean anything, Isaac, so be, they'll be better without him playing. Oh, that's true, because he doesn't contribute to winning. Alright, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.